listening to the Dearest Doula podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Signs, and this is episode 75. Welcome, dearest doula community. Um, today's guest is a parent advocate, international speaker, radio host, doula, childbirth educator, blogger, and doula trainer. Ladies and gentlemen, it's my pleasure to present Miss Gina Kirby to the show. Welcome, Gina. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Sure, no problem. The pleasure is all ours, and we're really honored and excited to have you on. Now, I know I gave our listeners just a really brief overview, and just on the off chance that someone's learning about you for the first time today, do you mind <laughs> filling in the blanks and giving us a little more of an intro? Yeah, oh gosh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't expect anybody to know. <laughs> um, I'm, I've been a, a doula and a childbirth educator for um, 10 years now. And I've been doing my radio program for about that long as well. Uh, the radio show, I, we started out uh, on an AM station back in Fresno, California, and then uh, got moved over to Pacifica Radio for two and a half years in uh, Fresno, California. And then we moved to Austin where we uh, stopped doing radio radio and went online on the Internet. And now we have close to about 15,000 listens a month. And um, I've been trying to get the word out about uh, normal birth and um, gentle parenting for the last 10 years. I served on the board of directors for Attachment Parenting International for six years, and um, all of those things are very, very important to me, of course. And I've been training doulas now for five years. Oh, that's amazing. I remember just on a little bit of a personal note here, when I went through my doula training uh, about a year ago, your name was one of the first names that I heard in the birth oh world. Gosh. And it was people raving about your um, Rebozo certification classes. And so yeah. so it's just so surreal to me to be here a year later being uh, able to interview you. And I'm just really excited to share all of your knowledge and your insights with our guests today. So, um, Gina, as you're aware, this show is created for that new and prospective doula. And because we don't know what knowledge base they have, if any, on today's topic, we really like to just take a minute to go back to the to the bare essentials, if you will, okay. and, and get to the bare bone knowledge of it. And so today's topic is learning about the benefits of the rebozo. And if you wouldn't mind just kind of walking us through that and even just with the simplest definition of what a rebozo is and where it came from, I think that'd be a great place to start. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess over when you said bare bones, <laughs> starting from <laughs> the beginning, uh, rebozo is a uh, piece of fabric. Uh, generally, I, I think think to yourself a shawl. It's uh, from Mexico. Actually, it originates. I talk a lot about the history in my workshop. Um, it was actually. Uh, kind of thrust upon the indigenous women of Mexico by the Spaniards who actually um, brought over uh, Mantilla, which is the uh, what the Spanish women wear. You've probably seen pictures of them um, when they go to church. They wear a piece of fabric over their head. Generally, it's lace. Uh, and the I love that the indigenous women of Mexico took it and they were like, well, what else can I do with this besides wear it to church? Like, what a waste. How extravagant. Um, and I love that they took it and they made it their own and they changed it and they made it longer and long enough to carry their babies and, um, they made it their own, which I love. And, um, the, um, the, the part about the rebozo that, that I share with doulas, I mean, it's, 
it's used for everything there in Mexico. I explained it once to this gentleman in the airport, and he he got really excited. He said, oh, it's like a thneed from the Lorax. Mm. <laughs> I was like, kind of, because <laughs> it serves a lot of purposes in Mexico. It's not just like some piece of fabric. I don't like to explain it like it's just some piece of fabric, because to the people of Mexico, it's uh, very near and dear to their hearts. It's a sacred piece of fabric because it represents, you know, their earliest memories of being worn by their mother, and they use it for cool weather wrap, for uh, if it's hot outside, you can cover your babies while you're breastfeeding. I mean, there's so many things um, that they can do and that they do use the rebozo for. So I, I, I'm sorry, I can go on and on uh, okay. about the history, but um, when I do share anything about it, I would be really remiss to not mention how incredibly important and sacred it is to the people of Mexico, and not just Mexico, though, you know, because it it filtered down into uh, South America as well, Central and South America. Um, so it's um, it's not just a piece of fabric. I always kind of um, irks me when I see like on Facebook or somewhere where people are like, "Couldn't I just use a towel or a sheet?" And I like shudder. <laughs> um, well, because you know, if you're going to be using uh, a certain culture's uh, tech, you know, this ancient technology, this knowledge base, um, then it makes sense to use their their crafted sacred tool, you know, and not mm-hmm. just like some sheet or a towel. Um, so I, I think that's, if I'm going to share anything, I really want to share how important it is to people of Mexico so that when you do use the rebozo, you're using it with, um, respect and honor and, um, grace in that you are sharing like where you learned about it from and that you are purchasing. If you're going to use a rebozo, I really believe in buying a rebozo, um, from indigenous peoples if you can. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for giving us that that bit of background on the rebozo. And I think that something a lot of our listeners who are maybe learning about the rebozo for the first time are hearing and wondering is, you know, I hear that it's a very sacred and versatile garment. Why would I be interested in this as a birth worker? How does this translate into the birth worker world? Um, And so if you wouldn't mind just kind of asking or kind of filling in the gap on that, that'd be great. Oh yeah, absolutely. So we've established that it's it's sacred and it's amazing, uh, and the people of Mexico, Central and South America, uh, all adore it. But why why would you use it? So in Mexico, midwives have been using it for centuries to help women during pregnancy and labor. And uh, I love talking about this like on airplanes. Like I'm going to fly uh, in a, in two more days. I'll be on my way to Arizona. I'm going to be speaking at the Indie Birth Conference, and I know I'll be sitting next to somebody, and they're going to ask me what I do. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to bring it up and they're going to say, how do you use a scarf on a pregnant lady? <laughs> so um, I, it's important for doulas, not just because, here, let me let me backtrack a little. I'm sorry. A lot of doulas will come take my workshop because they want to learn how to move a baby. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will say just ahead of time, if you were thinking about taking my class for that, you're not going to learn about that. What you're going to learn about is how the rebozo connects everybody that's around it to one another how it helps to connect the couple, if there is a couple, uh, to one another. And if it's just you and a client, how it can help you to connect to the client uh, in order to give birth in a peaceful and relaxed way. The rebozo can be used to relax mom. It can be used to um, provide her with strength during pushing. It can be used to provide comfort during um, labor during different pr- in different positions. Uh, and it really helps the doula. I really got into sharing the rebozo, and it, it wasn't me. It was my husband who um, really pointed out to me that once I started using the rebozo, that I would come home uh, from births 
um, and not complain as much as I had before. I wouldn't say like, oh, my shoulders hurt, oh, my back hurts. Um, everything had changed after I started using the rebozo because I was working smarter, not harder. And my the labors were a lot shorter, and the letters that I got back from my clients were different. I used to get letters that said, well, you know, dear Gina, it was so great to have you there. We couldn't have done it without you. You know, it was almost like the same letter over and over again. And after using the rebozo, it changed to, I never felt closer to my wife. Like I was getting letters from dads. Uh, I was getting letters from moms. Like I've never felt closer to my husband. Um, one couple actually, they wrote me individually and like, you, you saved our marriage. I was like, what? Wow. That's crazy town. And it, but it's not about me. Right. Cause I thought, right. you know, I'm like flipping my hair going, Oh, I'm just a <laughs> doula. Um, no, not at all. It had nothing to do with me. It was all about the rebozo. It's, um, it's really amazing once you start to use it. It's not just a piece of fabric. If you're using it, um, in, I don't want to say the way that I teach, but <laughs> what I teach my students, the feedback that I get from them is that they, they are seeing shorter labors. They're seeing couples become very close to one another and, um, they aren't, you know, they're not as exhausted after birth. Uh, when they use the rebozo and it's, um, it becomes very dear to them. You know, they used to, a lot of my students would say that they looked at it as a tool that was in their bag. And now, you know, they take the rebozo out of their bag and they wear it and they gift it to their clients and they look at it in a completely different way than they had before. Before it was like just a piece of fabric. And now it's like, Whoa, this thing is magic. <laughs> Oh, that's incredible. And I feel like uh, this is just really exciting because it's kind of building up. And so far, we're hearing about how it can be incredibly beneficial and it can create um, that bond and that intimacy in that birth room. Um, but I still feel like there's a bit of mystery around this this sacred shroud, if you will. So mm -hmm. if we could just take a bit of a deeper dive and sure. um, I guess get it in a little more into the practical side of, of how, how you use the rebozo or different ways to use it to facilitate all of those benefits and that bond, then I think that'd be great for our listeners as well. Sure. Well, I'll, let, I'll give you an example then of uh, one of my favorite techniques. It's like my go-to. I always carry a, a soft rebozo with me. The ones that, that I personally sell are from Guatemala, and I love them because they're textured. So when you're doing certain uh, techniques, it won't slip off of okay. mom. But I always carry a soft one uh, because it's like my 911 go-to. I'll just give you an example. I, I was sitting next to a young man on an airplane, and he uh, had a panic attack. And I had already talked to him about the rebozo, of course, because everybody has to hear it. <laughs> and I was like, hey, and he was, um, what I say, I call it duding and manning me. He was like, dude, you have to help me. I think I'm going to pass out. Man, don't let me pass out. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I, I pulled out the rebozo, and I made it into like a, um, a blindfold. And I put it over his eyes, and I tied it behind his head. And I just like massaged at his, um, what's this, the... Uh, come on, Gina, the occipital ridge. So it's like right where your neck meets your skull. There's like mm -hmm. two little spots, and it's almost like the creator <laughs> put it there, hoping that someday somebody would put their thumb and forefinger there and help to massage us there. Mm -hmm. When you massage somebody there in a, like a circular motion with their thumb and forefinger, uh, the person who's having it done will experience a freer flow of spinal fluid and will become more relaxed. And it's great for tension headaches. So what I do is I share this with, uh, by the way, it really helped that young man and it was fantastic. Taking it off was a little embarrassing though because the entire plane was staring at it. <laughs> Anyways, 
I have couples do this in our childbirth education class and share with the partner how they can help mom get back to good. So let me give you an example. Mom's laboring at home. She's doing great. Contractions are five minutes apart. And she says, Gina, you know, if I could just take a poop, I would feel so much better. And I think, oh my gosh, well, maybe it's time to go to the hospital. So we get mom in the car. And what happens is between the car and the hospital, by the time she's like, they've checked her in and everything, her contractions are generally like 30 minutes to 50 minutes apart or gone entirely because we've taken her out of her body, right? With the first thing that we do is we put her in the car. And now she's not free to move around like she was. So now she's perceiving pain in a different way. She's also using her brain now, which she really wasn't at home. At home, she she could probably turn off all the lights in the house and she could go from the back room to the, the living room without seeing anything, you know? Right. You know how you would in your own home. Mm-hmm. But at the uh, in, in the car, everything's different. Now she has to use her brain, like her thinking brain. So she's in the car and she's thinking red car, blue car, Asphalt, stop sign, green light, Kentucky Fried Chicken, whatever, right? Her brain is processing constantly. And it's taking her out of her body. It's taking her out of the brainwave state that she needs to be in in order to give labor in a natural way, right? So she gets to the hospital and she has to use her brain some more, answer all these questions. They're poking and prodding her. They're putting in an IV. Or maybe she has to fight with them and say, I don't want an IV. And she's using her brain and all, and in a way that she, she doesn't need to be, right? So by the time everybody's left her alone, the contractions are either all gone or they're now like 40, 50 minutes apart, where they were five minutes apart at home. So I share with the partner how to use the blindfold technique, where the partner will sit down with, with a laboring mama. She's sitting on her bed or on the gurney or whatever at the hospital. They take the rebozo that uh, I gifted them. Because I always gift it to my clients. I've found that if you lend them one, they won't use it as much. It's kind of like the difference between a library book and a book that you bought. Like your library copy of Spiritual Midwifery by Annie Mae Gaskin will not be treated the same way as your signed copy by her, you know? Mm -hmm. So if you gift it to them, it's theirs. And the best part is that if it's at their house, when they go to the hospital and they use it, it smells like what? It smells like home. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge part right there. The olfactory senses are so just phenomenally huge, especially when you go to the hospital and none of the smells are familiar. So the partner will sit down behind mom, put the blindfold on her, tie it behind her head, start to massage her, lean in with his body. And just that right there, this guy does not, or if a same-sex partner or she, doesn't matter, whoever this person who is lucky enough to be invited to be at this birth, whoever <laughs> that person is, um, is going to affect her in so many ways. This person does not have to be an expert at anything. They just have to love her. Just by proximity, just by being close to her, his, his pheromones, his hormones, his heartbeat, his smell, which she's so used to, that alone can help her to just kind of melt and relax. We've taken away the visual So now she is not having to use that part of her brain anymore. Even for listeners at home right now, maybe you're looking at the wall or you're looking at the computer or whatever. Just take a moment, cover your eyes right now with your hand and realize like, oh, what a break that is. How nice. Because you're not processing anymore. Your brain's constantly going, going. She doesn't have to be using that part of her brain right now. And just by getting blindfolded, and try this at home with your partner, do this exercise. I do this in my workshop. 
I'll play like super fun, happy music and I make everybody jump up and down for 60 seconds. And then I have them stop and do the blindfold technique for just two minutes. And what you'll find is after two minutes, your heart rate goes right back to normal, which is huge. How many times have you ever been with a mama in labor whose blood pressure needs to be brought down? Right. Try this technique. Have that couple get really close. And what I always tell my, my uh, doula students is get them close and then walk away. They don't need your, your pheromones, your hormones, your heartbeat. They don't need any of that stuff. And you just kind of back away. Get them together and back away. And it's amazing what will happen. And the, the partner, uh, if you do that exercise, by the way, the one I just said to do, uh, switch. And what you'll find is that not only does the, the person who's pretending to be pregnant, not only does your heart rate go down, but the person who's trying to get you to relax, their heart rate goes down. Sometimes I'll have the partner do it to a mom and labor, even when I don't think she needs it. It's just because I think he needs it. <laughs> he <laughs> calm down. And so it, it inadvertently get them both together and in sync. Because if he's in sync with her, oh, you know, what a difference. Even with partners who've told me like, yeah, I don't really want to be involved. You know, I understand that because a lot of times when they're saying that, what they're saying is, is I don't want to not look like I know what I'm doing. Right. And so if you bring them in in that way and put something in their hands and get them close, get their bodies close together, uh, I jokingly, and I don't know, <laughs> I'm just going to say it anyway. Okay. I, I had all my workshop um, write-ups that says, you know, caution or warning because uh, there's, you know, mild cussing in my class. and <laughs> I'm a little crass, but I, I will say uh, I like to get my clients junk to junk is what I say. <laughs> Now, if we can get them, you know, as close as humanly possible with their clothes on, uh, <laughs> then then you're you're already winning the game because not every couple is going to be down with being really intimate during that time, right? If you can't get them to make out and you can't get them to make love, you can get them close together, and that does a lot, you know. Uh, for the people listening, just close your eyes and think about your partner being. You know, just maybe sidling up next to you while you're at the computer and they, maybe they just kind of walk up behind you and put their chest at your back. Like, what is that? What is that for you? And what would that be like for a woman in labor? And isn't that all the things that they that they absolutely need? That oxytocin, the warmth, that love, that safety, the same things that happen when you make a baby can really happen to help to make that baby come out. Mm-hmm. Does all that make sense? Oh, it definitely, yeah. Uh, so that's just one thing. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. And I, honestly, I, I feel kind of silly now because I had no idea that um, utilizing a rebozo during that time had so much more to offer. I think I had this rather singular view, and I'm kind of guilty of what you said is if I had maybe signed up for your workshop just based on what I've been exposed to, I would have thought it was more along the lines of, hey, I'm going to go learn some different tips and tricks on, on using the rebozo to help better position the baby or better relieve mom from her pain. And I just wasn't really aware that it could be so much more of an experience than that. So I'm so glad we're taking that time to touch on it and that get to share that with our listeners too. Yeah, it's huge. I, I know a lot of people think, yeah, it's just like this one thing, but there, there's just so much more to it. Um, it's so much more magical, I think, than anybody really um, understands if you've only heard about it, you know, here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of people think that it's just like moving a baby and it's really not. 
uh, that at all. And, you know, that's and that's midwife's work, uh, not doula work, you know. Doula work is, um, well, I don't even like to call it work. (laughs) (laughs) If you do it right, you know, it's not really work at all. And, uh, you know, our job is to witness and to provide that safety and uh, to encourage and I don't want to say support. I just talked to uh, Michelle O'Dont recently, and we were talking about how we need to change the vocabulary that we use as doulas. And we need to do less uh, in order to be more. Uh, We need to do a lot less. And but understanding that the less we do, the more we're doing. <laughs> that uh, Michelle O'Donnell says that, um, and I talk about this in my workshop too. I think we we were both excited that we kind of found something that we agreed on because there's some things we don't agree on. But um, we were talking about you know that we don't support, we protect women in labor, and we're not like protecting them like say, um, it's it's not in a negative way. We're we're protecting their neocortex. We're protecting their brain. <laughs> from being stimulated in a way that takes away from their bodies. Like I was talking about, like when you're driving to the hospital, using that part of your brain has nothing to do with labor. Mm -hmm. So what we are doing is protecting that neocortex. We're keeping the lights dim. We're keeping sound low. We're keeping, you know, them close to their partner if there is a partner and helping to make them feel safe so that they can do the work that their body knows how to do. So we're protecting, not supporting so much because she's powerful and she can do this, but she can do this way easier if we're protecting that neocortex, if we're protecting the, the area around birth. Awesome. Well, so just to take another moment, what I'd, I'd like to do is I kind of feel like I need to rewind. And if you wouldn't mind sharing with us just how you personally became involved or aware of the rebozo and what led you to it and just getting a little more of your history with that I think would be great and I'll probably put that back in at the beginning (laughs) absolutely um well and you know I'm I'm like you don't know Uh, I'm I'm Mexican I'm second generation and I know I knew about it from my grandma but I didn't know about it for like labor and pregnancy and I always wanted to know more. I found out a little bit about it in my donut training. I was very excited to know more. At that time, um, I wasn't aware of Google or I don't even know if it was around. <laughs> uh, so I went to the library to learn more about it. And all I could find was just that it was uh, a shawl from Mexico and that you could wear it like this and you can wear it like that. And here's a picture of Frida Kahlo, uh, Frida Kahlo in it. And that's it. And I thought, God, there's got to be more. And uh, I didn't think about it again until a couple of years later. I was at a birth with my mentor, and uh, we were doing teen doula work uh, pro bono. And my instructor said, not my instructor, my mentor said, wow, uh, I really wish we had a rebozo right now. And I said, I have one. I was all excited. I had one, and it was still in the plastic bag that I had got it from. I, or- I had ordered it from Dona. And... Um, it was still in the bag. Can you believe it? So uh, we pulled it out of the plastic bag and we used it on this teenager and it totally worked. And after the birth, I was at my mentor's house and I was like, why are you holding that on me? What did you know? How did you learn about doing that? And she said, I have this VHS tape, <laughs> if that dates me. And uh, she put the VHS tape in and it was a VHS tape from Guadalupe Trueba who is this amazing tula from Mexico. And it was her VHS tape, and it's about 24 minutes long. 
And uh, I know there's still some floating around out there. And it was her and her, a, a client, a, a couple in her villa. And it's like dubbed over in English. And it's like, for round ligament pain. And you see her manipulating the rebozo uh, with her client. I was like, that's amazing. Let's play it again. <laughs> and like watched it over and over again. Uh, and uh, that was it. I, I watched it a bunch of times, but I didn't really feel confident about like, when do I use it? And how hard do you do that? <laughs> when, when don't you do that? So I kind of never used it. And so I found out, uh, I think it was a year or two after that, that she was going to be at a MANA conference in Mexico. And so I signed up and went to Mexico, sold everything I owned, sold everything in the garage, my husband's golf clubs, my golf clubs, <laughs> and went to Mexico. And um, not only did I take her training, I got to meet a, a lot of amazing people. Now uh, another mentor of mine, Wapio, I met her there. Um, just met a lot of amazing, amazing people there. But uh, taking a class from Guadalupe in Spanish was, it was amazing. Uh, and wonderful. And I, I came home and I never came home thinking, I'm going to go teach Rebozo now. Uh, I just came home and used it on my clients. And like I said before, it was my husband who really pointed out to me after a long time, like, wow, things are really changing for you as a doula. Like, like you're coming home earlier. You're not as tired. You're all these things have changed for you. And I really was thinking like, no, I'm just an awesome doula. And he's like, no, dummy, it's the Rebozo. <laughs> and it wasn't until then once like I kind of had my eyes opened to something that it changed everything for me once I realized that it wasn't me that it was the rebozo that I started using it differently and I started becoming what's that present I started being just mentally present when I was using it not using it like a tool which was what I was doing before I, I was just wielding it like some hammer when really it was something precious and more organic and more just real. And I stopped using it, like I said, like, like a tool and started using it like an extension of myself, like an extension of my arms. And that's when everything changed. And that's when I was like calling my mentor and calling my friends and going, listen, anybody who listened to me, any doula, I was just like, I have something to share with you. And then Facebook uh, I blame Facebook for all of this. I was teaching a class like in my living room and somebody posted it on Facebook and then someone in, I think, Houston was like, can you come teach us that? And then the rest is history and now I'm on the road about three weekends a month sharing it all over everywhere. I've been as far as Johannesburg to teach it. Um, I've taught in Vancouver and Alberta and Toronto, everywhere. <laughs> It's crazy. It's crazy, but I'm excited to, um, I guess, to be like a Rebozo ambassador. I didn't invent mm -hmm. any of this, but um, I think people bring me out because I'm passionate about it. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't even know if that's the right word. I'm kind of crazy about it. I used to say I was a Rebozo freak, but my sister said I should probably change it to Rebozo enthusiast. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. What a great story. Thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah. Now, before we move into the nitty-gritty, we're just going to pause for a moment to get a quick word in from our sponsors. Gentlebirth is celebrating 10 years of innovation in childbirth education. The Gentlebirth Institute trains childbirth educators to provide evidence-based, interactive brain training for birth classes. 
instructors provide parents with solid childbirth education, as well as mindfulness, cognitive behavioral therapy, hypnosis, and sports psychology. For more information on the Gentle Birth Institute's online interactive training, visit gentlebirth.com or download the app from the App Store or Google Play. And again, that was gentlebirth.com. All right, Gina. Well, I'm really excited. We just have a couple more key points to touch on before we get into the nitty-gritty of our segment. But um, something that I, I usually ask people when they come on to talk about these different topics and approaches is to touch for a moment on whether or not there are any contraindications or special circumstances with a laboring mom that might need to be taken into consideration before using a rebozo. Now, just from everything we've learned so far, it sounds like it's so versatile that there really isn't anything you couldn't work around. But just for consistency's sake, I'd like to touch on that and see if there's anything to your knowledge, any specific instances where perhaps we wouldn't implement that into somebody's labor. Where you wouldn't use a rebozo? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, uh, what I tell my students in my classes, I don't want you to leave my class and then go rebozo the hell out of your clients. I, I don't want that to happen. I, would, I, I want you to be um, um, judicial with your use. If mom's doing great and partner's doing great, don't do anything. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Uh, I've been to a birth where, you know, gasp, I didn't use it at all, except for maybe on myself where I was cold. <laughs> or just, just to drape over mom when she was maybe feeling a little scared. And just to put over her shoulders and just pull down on her to ground her and let her know everything's okay without saying anything. And that's it. And that's all you need. I think once you have a really good grasp of all of the things that you can do, you just put it in the back of your mind and then just be at the birth and be present, be um, mindful of what's happening. And I, I want the knowledge to be used in a way where you're – I would really like to see more doulas being at a birth and be mindful instead of them being at a birth and thinking, what can I do? Right. Because I think that thinking takes away from what she's capable of. Exactly. Uh, by she, I mean the laboring woman, right? right. Uh, she's, she's not broken. She doesn't need to be fixed. She doesn't need to be rescued. She needs to be witnessed. You need to be like a fantastic waiter, like a waiter at a three, you know, two or three star restaurant where you are just standing by and going, oh, look, her water's getting low. I need to get her some more. Oh, it looks like she's almost done with her appetizer. I better order the entree. Like you're, you're so focused and mindful on this person that their needs are going to be met without even talking, which is great because the last thing she needs to do is use that part of her brain to communicate what she needs. Mm-hmm. And if, if, if you already know all of this knowledge about the rebozo and it's in the back of your brain, when it needs to be used – it will come to you. It won't be a thinking kind of thing. And I talk about this in our workshop about the different brainwave states that women go into in labor. But doulas can also, if you have been at it for a little while and you understand how the brain works, you can go into a different brainwave state too. And when you do, the knowledge that you've acquired throughout your lifetime and knowledge that maybe you've never even learned is available to you. Now, this is some advanced, crazy, weird stuff. <laughs> but, but when I teach with my students, they, they're going to learn the basics. And then when it's necessary, they'll use it. You can't use a, you know, the rebozo the wrong way if you're 
doing it in a gentle way that's intuitive. You know, like don't tie it around her neck. That's wrong. <laughs> there's, there's just very few things that you can do the way that I share it in my workshop that's going to hurt or harm anyone. Because again, the focus isn't on trying to turn a baby. It's on getting mom relaxed enough so that she, her body can do what it already knows how to do instinctually. Awesome. Yeah, mom just gets in her own way and we can get her out of her own way by getting her to relax and to stop thinking. Right, cool. All right, great. Well, um, now we've kind of just moved right into the heart of the show and that's really, I like to call it the nitty gritty and really this is where we like to challenge our speakers to get to, uh -oh. <laughs> to the heart of your topic. And so, Gina, if our listeners were to walk away remembering just one or two key points about utilizing a rebozo, what would you hope that they are? Oh, the first three things would be acknowledge that it is from an ancient culture uh, that may or may not be your own uh, and acknowledge that it is precious to people. Uh, I just, for me, if you can walk away knowing that it is not just a piece of fabric, that would mean the world to me because it's not... Um, something that you can just replace, like I said, like with a towel or a sheet mm -hmm. and that it is special and sacred. And two would be, it can be a very, very powerful, I don't want to say tool. I don't think tool is the right word. It can be a very powerful conduit between the mother and the partner. And it doesn't have to be like her lover or her husband or her wife. It I mean, like anybody that she's chosen to be there with her. her. It could be her brother, her best friend, her grandma. But that rebozo is a conduit of love between the two of them. And it can be very powerful, dare I say, magical. And if you can keep those two things in mind, if you walk away, just know that it's not just some piece of fabric. It's just, it's magic. Beautiful. Thank you so much for that. Well, um, the Dearest Doula community really does like to be more of a, or here on the show, we encourage our doulas to be more of a bila in the birth room, but for the purposes of just taking action and looking deeper into everything we've talked about today, if we could help to put the do and doula in that sense and outline any great online resources or um, books that you might want to recommend for them to further their knowledge, I think that would be wonderful. Sure. Absolutely. I don't know. I I'm pretty sure it's like the best kept secret that I offer online training for doulas. I have different certifications uh, at, uh, now we just changed over to a brand new website, so it won't, probably won't be fully functional until Friday, but my website is www.ginakirby.com. It's G-E-N-A-K-I-R-B-Y.com or you won't find it. Um, I was just gifted a really beautiful book. Uh, from my friend Natasha Sanchez, who's also an instructor, a Rebozo instructor in Texas. And um, it's called Rebozo's Poems by Carmen Tafoya. And it's beautiful. It's just wonderful. There's not a lot of information out there available um, about the Rebozo. Um, a lot of the things that I found uh, were like, you can use this tool for this. And it's not mm -hmm. very sacred. <laughs> 
Um, so uh, if anybody wants to know more, like I said, my, my workshop's online. If you can take a class from Guadalupe Treva, sell everything you own and go do that. Um, oh, perfect timing. Jack's waking up. Uh, and also Naoli Vinever. It's um, N-A-O, na, N-A-O-L-I, Naoli Vinaver, V-I-N-A-V-E-R. You're going to have to double check that. I'm doing it in my head. But Naoli Vinaver, I know you know her because you've probably seen orgasmic birth. And oh, yeah. she is the beautiful Mexican woman that says the sexual and sensual nature of birth cannot be denied. <laughs> See, you already know who she is, right? Yeah. You can't, you can't see her and forget her. She just like wakes up like that. Uh, mm-hmm. So if you can take a class from Naoli Vinever uh, or from Guadalupe Treba, please, like I said, sell everything you own and go do that. Um, and I, I know that I just met a woman who teaches about the Reboso. I met her on Facebook. Um, we're getting to know one another and I'm hoping to hook up and start teaching. She's from Mexico and um, start teaching together. Uh, because she talks about um, the, the healing that we can do with the Roboso postpartum, which is exciting. So um, uh, I will get that information out on my website as soon as possible. People can follow me at M-S-G-E-N-A-K-I-R-B-Y on Facebook if they want to know more. I also have a whole Facebook page dedicated to the Roboso. It's uh, Roboso for doulas, moms, and their partners, and that's on Facebook. We have about 3,000 um, followers right now. Oh, that's awesome. Well, the Dearest Doula community will be able to find links to everything of value that you mentioned on today's show by going to dearestdoula.com, clicking the podcast button, and finding this show notes page, or by simply entering Rebozo, R-E-B-O-Z-O, or Gina, G-E-N-A, in the search bar to have this show notes page pop right up. Thank you so oh. much, Miss Kirby, for coming <laughs> on the show and for sharing all of your experience. I'm sorry, were you going to add something? Just one more thing, yeah. Oh, sure, uh, sure. When... Everybody says rebozo because we speak English, but it, it's reboso. Like, okay. <laughs> no, and I just thought I'd throw, I was like, oh, that was the fourth thing that I would have added. That if you walk okay. away, just know that it's reboso and <laughs> not rebozo. <laughs> okay, perfect. Gina, the Dearest Doula community truly believes that what you do matters, and we thank you for today's interview. Thanks to you, we are now all one step closer to being connected, educated, and empowered. Have a great day. Thanks. <laughs>